And that ranked number one, right? So the assumption that you need the same thing as everyone else, which is pushing boring content. That's how we come back to the boring content part. It's pushing boring content because everyone, like today you click on every top 10 result, you see the same thing. Are you ready to learn? Because my super experienced guests are ready to share some really valuable information. Make sure and listen all the way to the end to get help and support. So let's start with the best audio experience. Hello, good people. Welcome to our show. Hello, bad people. Welcome to our show. Hello, guys. Welcome. Today we are going to discuss more about internet marketing, about ACO, the future of ACO, because we don't know what can happen, but we can suggest and give the best possible way. I'm so excited to discuss this topic with Vince Mora. How are you? I'm good. Hi. Hi, everyone. Hi, very bad people. You forgot the very bad people. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's interesting. Marketers often create a buying persona according mm -hmm. to demographic interest, but they forget to divide bad and good people. I don't want to divide them, <laughs> but you know, it's interesting. If I ask anyone, uh, are you good or bad? Uh, I think most people can reply they are good, and yeah. uh, it's subjective. You don't Ex know exactly. This is one of those cases. It's like the driving thing. Like you know that more than fifty percent of people think they drive better than than the average. Like we have mm -hmm. a problem here. <laughs> <There was an> <laughs> <issue>. <laughs> yeah. At least here, uh, I I can be. I don't know, like <laughs> honest with myself that I'm not good <laughs> with that. Yeah, okay. well, that's good. Yeah, you're 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 a yeah, you're a straightforward guy then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Vince. Before we start, just tell more about yourself, experience, background, about yeah. French. Why you help customers in English-speaking countries, but you uh, in France? So anything that can help our listeners to learn more about you. Yeah, I'm going to start by confusing people by saying I have I don't have a marketing background. I don't have an SEO background. I actually started a PhD in medieval French literature. So I have a master's in medieval French literature and I have a PhD and I, I started a PhD. I didn't didn't go through it um through with it so yeah i uh, i'm vince i'm the ceo of uh, scale crush we're a we are um, an seo and content marketing agency we cater mostly to SaaS tech and SaaS companies um so like i said i had uh um i had uh, an experience in in literature at the beginning of my career then i kind of switched to finding a job because academia is not really good at giving you lots of money <laughs> mm -hmm. and um i uh i just found a job in content because i could you know i could write i could edit i could do all that stuff and it was back in the 2010s or something and um i i kind of learned seo on the job i worked um at agencies i worked freelance uh, i've been an seo consultant for the past 10 years and i ended up you know creating my own company um which used to be called seo therapy and it's now called scale crush and uh yeah uh, i think that's that's um most things about me i also play guitar if you're interested in that <laughs> nice nice awesome awesome i think everyone needs to have a few habits you know yeah uh, like uh, for example i love playing basketball i can't live without this game you know <laughs> yeah uh, I, I used to play basketball a lot too yeah yeah I'm, I'm, this is one of these things that I am really bad at basketball, but I love it so much. Like, so it's like yeah. I get my ass kicked all the time, but I still love it for some reason. Like, I'm really, really bad, but I love yeah. playing it. <laughs> me, me too, me too. Many people can beat my ass in one side. <laughs> no, I, I can't do anything with that, but I, it doesn't stop 
me to love this game so yeah. Yeah, i think it's the same with any other habits and it can help to reload minds i don't oh, yeah. remember exactly uh, how this book called but um the author of this book uh uh described that everyone needs to have a few habits if you have no habits uh i mean like uh, hobbies uh yeah. that uh, it's, it's hard to, to be productive in your main occupation yeah. and yeah, yeah. I'm not waiting when someone will pay money for my habit, <laughs> my hobby. So, because, yeah, it can help to reload my mind. Okay, Vince, uh, you started in, uh, in different background, and I think most experts uh, did yeah. as well. Lot, I, I don't know. Yeah, I spoke with a bunch of experts, including Neil Patel, Ren Fishkin, and I think everyone mm-hmm. has different background. That's okay. That's why SEO is huge, and you can find uh, anything in SEO related to your background or hobbies or passion. Can you tell about content strategy? Um, how to create the right content strategy? Because we have uh, great tools like Ahrefs, SEMrush, uh, Google yeah. Keyword Planner, but uh, I still see when webmasters uh, misunderstand such tools. You know, they chase high-volume keywords, uh, uh, don't understand about a buying persona. For example, if I take SEO, I need to compete with Neil Patel, Moss, <laughs> uh, Ahrefs, many big websites in the top 10, including Google, uh, because uh, Google ranks with this keyword. And uh, it's hard. It's hard to get these results. Mm-hmm. In the second, it doesn't mean that I can sell SEO services by having this keyword. Yeah. To me, yeah. it's, it's a top funnel. Uh, and um, yeah, two reasons. And once I spoke with a master who lost 400,000 traffic. Now, a lot of traffic because Google dropped his ranking positions, mm-hmm. but he didn't lose any sales. So, yeah, that that I think that happened with a client of mine as well. They were ranking first on like a very high profile keyword, like say, thing mm-hmm. like screenshot, you know, just that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And yeah. um, they kind of lost a feature snippet. Like we can't do anything about it. Like Microsoft come back and took took back their feature snippet. Like you see the traffic in Search Console go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and the client's like, "Can we do something?" I'm like, well, no, <laughs> not really. <laughs> so, so yeah. Yeah, can you tell how to find traffic value, not to get more traffic? I mean, like how to find these keywords? <laughs> yeah, well, I think I, I'm gonna. My answer is gonna be no. I can't tell you, and it would even be worse if I th- if I said I could tell you, because <laughs> <laughs> I, I actually it depends on so many factors. Like I'm an SEO, mm-hmm. right? Um, it it, it depends, but <clears throat> I think something that. The more I talk to marketers and the more I talk to, you know, also business owners and stuff, there's something that people misunderstand or, um, yeah, there's a little bit of a misalignment in my opinion. And that has to do with the fact that people think about channels primarily. So they think about, you know, SEO or content marketing, or they think about LinkedIn ads or meta ads or Google ads or whatever. And they wonder, you know, how can, what should I choose? Where should I put my resources? And one thing that people often forget is that, you can't go into a channel without a strategy. You can't you can't go you can't go invest in something without a higher marketing strategy that you know understanding your business model and your market and all that stuff. And so I think that is way more important to get the right traffic. You need that information first. And that information only comes from you know market research. So it's talking to people, talking to your customers, talking to your sales team, talking to your support support team, and just also understanding if you're if you're a freelancer or if you work in an agency and you have clients, understanding how those clients operate. So for example, I own an SEO agency, and so as you 
as you mentioned, me trying to rank for SEO or for SEO agency is like, first of all, it's delusional probably because I'm, mm -hmm. I'm never going to be able to do that. And second, like people don't buy 50K or 100K per year SEO services by typing in SEO agency. That's not the way it works, right? That's not what the buyer's journey looks like. And so, um, and so, yeah, I think if you understand that, then you have a much better idea of whether SEO and content are a good idea for your business. For some businesses, it just doesn't make sense, right? Uh, uh, and then you have a good idea of the kind of topics that you want to address as well. Uh, because if you have done your customer research, you know why they buy from you. You know the alternatives that they tried. You know um, the, how, yeah, how they try to solve the problem that you solve. You know all of these things. And so that can give you content topics ideas. So that's like the high level thing is like first do, you know, eat your greens, like do your, do your job, do your research. And then once you've done that, knowing the, the, how to exactly put together a content strategy and you were talking about the tools and everything, like I'm not a big fan of the tools. I think, I think the best thing that metrics like difficulty and volume do the best thing that they do is make you purchase purchase SEMrush and Ahrefs and Moz and whatever. I think that's what they're designed to do, mostly, like mm -hmm. the authority score and domain rating and whatever. They're really good at selling tools. Uh, are they good for to do SEO and inform your your, your uh, decision making? Yes, they can be. How much? It just like it depends. I'm an SEO. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like if you're working on a, an e-commerce store, it's not the same thing as working for a, a B2B consultancy or a SaaS company or an e-commerce store that maybe has only a handful of products versus an e-commerce store that has, you know, 300,000 products. It's not the same kind of work. Um, yeah, I don't know if that answered your question, but I started by saying I would not answer your question, so. <laughs> yeah, got it, got it, yeah. Uh, you remind me, John Mueller, uh, once someone asked him on Twitter uh, about uh, domain authority exists, mm. and he replied, yes, it exists. For it's, SEMrush, yeah, it does, yeah. Yeah, it's most metric. <laughs> So yeah. <laughs> yeah, it exists. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think you know people overemphasize on the these things. And I had a client ask me the question this afternoon. Like they were like, Oh, what do you think about authority score and which one should I trust? Like you shouldn't trust any kind of metric like that where it's given to you by a third party tool and that tool does not tell you how it's calculated. Yeah. So it's like me telling you, Oh, I rate your website at 52. And the uh, only reason you trust SEMrush more than me is because mm -hmm. they have a tool and I don't, but it's the exact same thing, right? I, I think I saw HRF shares data how uh, it's calculated, uh, but I agree. We, we can't rely. I like to check this matrix, but I can't rely 100% to this matrix. Yeah, exactly. My, like like mm -hmm. so many things. Like it's like check it if check it but when don't take it as gospel basically say yes so, you know it's like search volume and people go like oh can mm -hmm. we forecast traffic based on search volume like you can try yeah. yeah but do realize that the increments change so the scale is maybe not linear with volume like we don't know exactly how they calculate volume there are discrepancies between tools so we don't really know where they get their data it's probably keyword planner plus other sources but they don't tell you what what sources and you realize that maybe it's just better to say, oh, something that has a volume of, of 100 is around 10 times search, you know, 10, around 10 times more than something that has a volume of 10. And maybe mm -hmm. that is enough to inform your decision making. Maybe you don't need to say, oh, if 
this keyword is 3,200 and I get into the top three, then yeah. multiply by this and it's going to give me this, this many sessions. Also doing that, the more you do the, this kind of thing and you take the, the metrics as gospel and you do these little calculations, they may seem decent on paper, but remember, and a, a URL ranks for tens, hundreds of thousands of queries. You're not taking any of that into account when you do this. Remember that, yeah, you don't know whether that URL is going to perform. You don't know what it takes to get into the top three. You don't, you don't know anything. Like we don't know. And I think the first thing that we have to admit as SEO is like, we don't know. Sometimes clients ask me, why are people telling me I got results in three months and other people are telling me I got results in a year? I mean, the reason is that we don't fucking know. This is why people are saying different yeah. things. <laughs> it's like, we don't know. Yeah, I think so. It's the same if someone will come to the best coach, you know, trainer and ask, please make me exactly. the world champion. <laughs> uh, and I usually reply to all my clients. It depends on you, not me. <laughs> I can show the right way. But exactly. if you can create high quality content, much better than your competitors have. If you help me, for example, uh, it's not only that you uh, rely on job to agency or freelancer. You, you need mm -hmm. to help. You need to help with creating content, uh, to the brand recognition, many yeah. things. So, yeah. And uh, it's the same, like, for example, if someone want to lose weight, you can find yeah. the best coach. But if you don't drink a lot of water, uh, yeah, don't yeah. eat healthy food, don't train, <laughs> I don't know how you <laughs> yeah. can get these results. <laughs> and I think, like, the fitness analogy or the weight loss analogy is, is an analogy that I use a lot as well because I, I feel like it maps... A, very well to SEO and marketing in general. Um, I had a client tell me, you know, ask me about link building and it's for a new site they're launching. Like at this stage, you asking me about link building is like you asking me what kind of pull up is better for your training, but you've never been to the gym yet. You know, it's like <laughs> it may make a difference at some point, but the first thing would be to launch the website and put the product pages up, right? That would be better than wondering and losing um, losing energy and wondering what type of backlinks you need to build or whatever. And I feel like a lot of people are, in SEO especially, overemphasizing on the details and missing the big picture. Like they think, you know, oh, but what if I put this H1 here? And what if I have two H1s? And what if my title tag has the site separator? What if the site separator is a pipe or an iPhone? What if Google's rewriting my titles? And then you crawl the website and you see they have lots of 3xxn links and they have lots of um, um, URLs without self-referencing canonicals and they have all this other stuff that they're not dealing with. Like, just stick with the basics and stick with it. Like the training, you know? If you hit the gym five times a, five times a week and you eat at a calorie deficit, you're going to lose weight and get big. That's just how yeah. it works. It's the same with SEO. Build a great website, publish good content, you're going to rank. Yeah, When? Valuable. We don't know. Um. <laughs> Yeah, you mentioned about good content, uh, publish yeah. good content. And, uh, mm -hmm. you know, it's really hard to estimate good content or not. Yeah. Because, you know, for example, uh, I often see uh, content in the top 10 results with a lot of traffic. Like, uh, But 
it's simple uh, i mean like uh, without uh, nice looking design just text but it's valuable probably it can help users a lot more than uh, yeah. if you uh, draw this design so can you tell how to create this content i mean like uh, uh, especially today because i cooperate with many great authors who can post on forbes uh, investopedia other websites and uh, in my agency we usually cooperate with specialists who have proven record so if someone mm-hmm. prove this record for example we find a bunch of offers uh, check their content if we see uh, that uh, content has traffic that we reach out and cooperate with these offers because mm-hmm. um, it's it's hard to get results with uh, content writers who pretend to be good <laughs> content writer yeah. and especially today when we have ai so any tips yeah. about uh, creating yeah yeah so first first thing is that you caught me uh because i don't like i don't like talking about good content specifically because as your question implies like yeah. we don't know what good content is and um this is something that i'm trying to avoid so you you mm-hmm. caught me here <laughs> um <laughs> basically i'm trying to frame this as much as i can i try to frame this as helpful content versus like good or bad content and like you said, and and this is not me, like Google has been saying that for years and that's just how all search engines work. Like Google wants you to put out, Google wants to rank good content so that it keeps users in so that it can sell ads basically. That's just it. Um, so yeah, so that's that's one thing. So I think helpful content's better than quality content or good content, which, mm-hmm. you know, some, some and uh, an example that I take usually when, um, talking about this is think about you know your garage door is stuck you know the motor is not working and you have to get your car out of the uh the the garage and so you turn to the user manual of the motor right for your garage door and at that specific moment that's the best content you can read on the planet like because it's going to solve a problem for you that's going to help you get your car out of the garage and it's going to help you go to work this is what you're focused on it's very boring it's not designed. It's not well written. It's not optimized. It's really bad content. But at this stage, this is exactly what you need. And so at different stages in our lives or depending on the topic, we need very different things. And I think that's a much better that turning to helpful content instead of good content can kind of help you evaluate, like, am I helping people solve a specific problem with this? And if the, the, a purpose of this piece is to solve a specific problem in this current format. How good is it at solving that problem? And that can usually help you inform your content production uh, decision making. Um, in terms of the the tips, like to be a little bit more like grounded in reality, um, there's really no way I think to completely eliminate the uh, the freelancer, like the freelance writer part of the equation. Um, mm-hmm. But I'll tell you how I have set up my team to kind of try and alleviate for that. Because when I started working at agencies, I saw what a lot of people do. Uh, a lot of agencies still do and a lot of people in companies in-house do, which is they have their keyword list that they pull up the way they want. They have their content plan. Let's not mm-hmm. talk about how they created that. <laughs> Usually it's an export from Ahrefs and then random checks that go into a column D or something. Um, mm-hmm. So they have that and then they just go like, oh, we need a couple of freelancers. And then they give the primary keyword to the freelancer and that's how they kickstart the content production process. Obviously not everyone does that. Some people take the time to produce briefs for their writers 
and all that stuff. But in agencies, it's most of the time it's this. So I didn't want to do that because it's really bad. Like you usually end up with bad content and you have no way to protect yourself from the writer. Like they basically do what whatever they want. And if that piece is really bad and it needs to be published, then you end up doing the work yourself and still paying the freelancer, which is really bad. Mm -hmm. So <clears throat> what we do is we still use freelance writers, but we have in-house what we call a content manager. And that person is going to be responsible for the customer research, the brand guidelines, the tone of voice, the narrative of the client, and making sure all of that is incorporated in the copy in the actual content that we produce. And so they brief the writer, they brief the designer if we need some infographics or illustrations. Uh, they do the research and they know the client like in and out. And that kind of helps us alleviate the um, statistical variation that you have between writers. It can also help you not pay, I mean, pay less for the content for the writer. Like you don't need to have writers that are as experienced because you do lo a lot more prep work basically. Um, I don't yeah. know if that was your question. Yeah, valuable. Yeah, I agree. Like it, like it. Uh, you mentioned about helpful content. Yeah, I yeah. think if you help a lot more than other pages in the top 10, so it's more valuable <laughs> for you for users. It's value. Yeah, and there's another thing to mm -hmm. that equation, I think. And this is more like marketing talk than SEO, but <clears throat> people want to rank, right? And SEO, SEOs want to rank and they want to say like, yeah, I'm I'm first or, or on first page and top three for this specific keyword or whatever. But in the end, if that content is not valuable, if that content doesn't help people or if it doesn't resonate with them, if it doesn't help them memorize your brand, then you can have a lot of, a lot of traffic and it doesn't matter. And this is where we see a lot of SEO campaigns failing is, People can get website rankings. And I think that's not the problem with SEO. The problem is that they do not tie their SEO strategy to the overall business strategy most of the time. And they go for random keywords and they can rank or generate impressions, but those impressions are having no impact on the business. And here, I'm not saying that SEO should translate to revenue because I don't think that's the best, that's what the channel's designed to do necessarily, like not one-to-one. -one. I'm saying that at least it should help you with brand awareness and it should help you push your narrative. It should help you tie your product in people's mind, tie your product to the problem that you solve and as, a, as a specific solution. Not necessarily to make them buy right now, but at least so that they remember your brand and that the next time they, they're looking for a solution to that problem, then you come to mind, right? And um, yeah, I think like the more helpful your content, the less generic it is, the better you can do that, right? Yeah, And that also means that you don't have to have necessarily the, the best amount of traffic or the best rankings, because what matters then is not how many people see your content. It's more like out of all the people who saw your content, how likely are they to remember you when time comes? And I think that's much more important to a business than just getting eyeballs on random keywords. Nice. Yeah. Valuable, valuable. Uh, you described helpful content, valuable content. I want to ask about another type of content, uh, non-boring content. It's interesting. Uh, we have a high pounce rate at any type of content in video mm -hmm. content. For example, on YouTube, 80% of users bounce in the first 20 seconds. That's why I think Mr. Beast uh, gets a lot of traffic because when I open his new video, I can't stop watching. <laughs> you know, he knows how I, to 
but you have a very generic, uh, a very energetic intro, though. Like I saw the yeah. intro, was impressed. Like it jumps in and out. So you've, you've done a good job there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, uh, once I spoke with uh, Jim Edwards, uh, he worked mm -hmm. in Business Insider 10 years. Uh, he started on this company from scratch. Then company was sold for 500 million dollars. Great success. And he told me that success of Business Insider depends on creating non-boring content. It's mm -hmm. interesting if you are talking about B2B business it's boring in most cases it's boring you can share value you can help as much as possible but if it's boring people bounce fast uh, most people have no time to figure out what kind of value so you need to attract them as well you need to give a strong reason to read until then so can you tell how to create non-boring content you know it's interesting because uh, yeah. i agree value and helpful but what about non-boring well i think okay so a couple of points before that the first one is the success whatever that guy from business insider has to say may not work for you right because mm -hmm. it's survivor bias so that guy had success with something doesn't mean it's the right thing to do for you especially granted that Business Insider has a very different model, business model, than mm -hmm. you know from every other company. Like it, they're a media company, and they're not there to get clients and get leads, and that's not what they're going for. So, <clears throat> it's not the same thing as m what most SEOs are working on. Um, so that's the first thing. And the boring thing, I I'm very doubtful that people find things. Um, okay, no, I'm very doubtful that that boring content is an issue, and for Business Insider, it is because their business model relies on them getting a lot of views and a lot of engagement so that they can sell. You know, um, it's not the same the same as a B two B company. I think I'm going to take that that garage door manual example again. Like that content's boring, really, really boring, and yet you're reading it at that specific moment in time because that's what you need. So I think it's more about. Does it solve a problem? Then is it boring? And then ob obviously in the content writing process, you can use storytelling. You can hire great writers so that your content kind of sticks with people. But I think what people are getting tired of, this is something that's weird in marketing. Like marketers, SEOs included, um, keep engaging in stuff that they wouldn't want done to them. So you know they don't want they don't want spam emails and they spam everyone. They don't want uh, crappy LinkedIn outreach, and they do crappy LinkedIn outreach. Um, mm -hmm. They don't want fluffy articles uh, with, you know, what is a, as the first header, and they still do that, right? So I think the <clears throat> this is a tough question. <laughs> there's a there's a um, I think a little bit of a myth in the SEO industry that you cannot rank if you don't write the same thing as every as everyone else, right? So if the top 10 results all have these headers, then you need to have these headers, otherwise you're not gonna rank. And if the top 10 results have this information, then you need this information. And that narrative is pushed by, you know, companies like ClearScope or companies that sell, you know, briefing tools or, or SEMrush, Ahrefs. All of these companies have an incentive to push that narrative because they then you rely on their tools, which is fine. You know, it's their marketing, it's their game, but you need to be aware that, you know, it may not be true. And I think there was a good instance of um, The Verge. I think it was The Verge that ranked for like, uh, was it a year ago or something? Like they ranked for like best printer and... 
everyone had like this huge list of best printers and whatever. And the editor at The Verge got kind of fed up. And he was like, like they put up like be the best printer of 2022 is, and it was like Brother or Canon or whatever with the reference. And then it read like, that's it. Like, you don't need to read anything else. Just go buy this printer already. Like, <laughs> <laughs> and that ranked number one, right? So the assumption that you need the same thing as everyone else, which is pushing bo boring content. That's how we come back to the boring content part. <laughs> it's pushing boring content because everyone, like today you click on every top 10 result, you see the same thing. And so you're getting these rankings, people are checking out your content and it's actually probably damaging your brand because people are associating your brand with bad content. Um, I've got a, an example of a brand that I can out uh, for that type of behavior and it's called Duck Soup. It's a LinkedIn tool, like an automation tool for LinkedIn. Like their SEO strategy, I think they stopped, but their SEO strategy was really bad. They were pumping out traffic, pumping out uh, uh, articles, getting a lot of traffic for like SEO related stuff and stuff that presumably their audience cared about. Like someone told them that. And the content was full of fluff and clearly written by someone who didn't know what they were talking about. And like, you see what this is doing. Like I'm talking to you about Duck Soup doing such a shitty job. And they're like, SEO is getting us traffic. Yay. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, but is it the right kind? Like, is this traffic, is this building a brand for you? Is this building memorability? Is it, none of this is, is doing that. So I think boring is not the right framework for me to look at this. I think it's more like, is it, is it helpful? Is it helping people solve a problem? And then is it is it delivered in a way that's engaging? Because some stuff I find boring and some stuff you find boring. Some people, you, you like basketball. Some people find basketball to me the most boring thing in the world. Like I hate Formula One. Like it, it's, a, it's a nightmare to me to, to watch Formula One. And yet it attracts like millions of people every year. Like, so we're different people. So boring is a very subjective thing. And I wouldn't use that framework to inform decision-making. I would rely on stuff that's more grounded in reality. Sorry, that was a very long answer. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, uh, I got your point. Yeah, uh, I think it, it depends. It depends because um, I, I asked this question a few times. And mm -hmm. uh, uh, in most cases... Um, we understand differently uh, the word yeah. boring, not boring, because it doesn't mean that you need to attract, entertain. I don't know, like to uh, be funny. Uh, boring uh, sometimes means uh, if you use long sentences that hard to read, you know, people can leave mm -hmm. it. So yeah, it depends. Uh, yeah, it's a broad question. And uh, Vince, I want to ask about something that. I do a lot uh, in my life. I made a lot of mistakes. I keep doing them. Mm, yeah, you know, some yeah. of them terrible, some of them slight mistakes. But yeah, it's life. And I don't know how to learn something new uh, because I think everyone starts with uh, best practices. Then we can fail to learn what's going on, to go ahead. Mm. And I remember, for example, when I started PR campaigns, I wrote a bunch of press releases. I pitch all of them, got zero mentioned, zero links, <laughs> no results, but I learned how it works. And then we hired great specialists who can write press releases. We hired specialists who can pitch them. And after having the process, we got mentioned on CNN, on uh, mm -hmm. Business Insider, uh, on Forbes, many other great websites because of having the process. Can you 
tell what kind of mistakes or least mistakes uh, that marketers still do but can avoid for example we can learn some mistakes that we can avoid some mistakes mm -hmm. it's better to do and learn from them so least mistakes that we can avoid um i think there's one very preeminent mistake that that people make and it's not only marketers <clears throat> and i'm gonna i'm gonna be blunt about this because uh, i made this mistake a long time ago as well and it's thinking that people know what they're doing and actually the reality is that most people don't know what they're doing and the best example of that that i have is that people think that i know what i'm doing and i really don't <laughs> <laughs> what i mean by that is that when you understand that people don't know what they're doing some people know better than others obviously some people have experience but most people are very doubtful and they don't they don't feel confident that the, what whatever decision they're making is the right one when they make a big decision uh when you understand that you understand that <clears throat> um you have to stop following advice from other people. That includes me, obviously. <laughs> um, you, you have to critically think about this advice and, and try and think whether that applies, whether this is good advice. If it's good advice, whether it applies to you and if it applies to you, whether it's the right time to try and apply it. Um, and that can also alleviate the pressure that some people sometimes uh, feel when they try and start something that they don't know how to do. Like you mentioned PR. Well, if you if you realize that even like big agent, big, big PR agencies probably, yes, they know a little bit more than you, but you can probably make it. Like this helps you start stuff, basically. So I think that's the first mistake. It's more like a PSA general life advice or something mm -hmm. like um, self help content coming mm -hmm. in, but yeah, I think that's a that's a huge shift when it comes to marketing specifically, and marketers in general make this one mistake, and it's confusing marketing and campaign management. And this is something that that I talk about a lot, but most companies right now or most marketing departments are not doing any kind of marketing. Um, they're managing campaigns. So they are doing LinkedIn ads, Google ads, SEO. They have designers, website reviews, that kind of thing. And all of that, all of that they're doing, but they don't have any kind of marketing work. And what I call marketing work is pretty simple. It has three steps. The first one is knowing the market, you know, the analysis, like market research, customer research, what are the alternatives? What's the competition doing? How do we position against them? All that stuff, knowing, knowing what to say to people and where they are. The second step is making up, once you know that, making a plan to um, uh, address this market and position your product. And the, the third step is executing that plan. And most people, most companies start by number three. And the, discussion that, the discussions that you hear everywhere are centered around number three, Google Ads versus SEO. That's number three. That's execution, right? Um, should I do um, uh, lookalike audiences or you know, retargeting campaigns? Should I do big, bold CTAs or small CTAs? Should I have a sidebar? Should I this and that? Should I do CRO? Should I? All of these discussions are execution related. That's great. You need the execution. You need the campaign management. But People need to understand that's not what marketing is. Marketing is understanding the market, knowing why people buy and what you need to say to them to uh, improve the chances that they buy from you. And very rarely do you see any companies with that in mind, right? Yeah. And uh, I think that's a huge mistake for marketers. And 
this is getting amplified by the echo chamber of you know LinkedIn and all that stuff where people want short and sweet content, like catchy content, and they resort to this and the discussions happen around this instead of the bigger picture of what actually works. Yeah, nice. Love it. Love it. Yeah. Incredible advice because I think I agree a hundred percent because um, I, I often see uh, some best practices, tips, but if it doesn't relate to my passion, my strong sides, why I need to <laughs> implement something that I don't like. Yeah. And yeah, 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 I, yeah. I, digital marketing is huge. We have a lot of things what you can do. Even if you don't like SEO, you can film videos on TikTok. You know, if you like mm -hmm. to yeah. film short videos, why not? If you dislike it, find something else, right? Uh, post on yeah, Facebook. I think, <laughs> you know, for marketing, it's also like, like people go crazy on chat GPT or they go crazy on TikTok or they, oh, I just changed the colors of my light. Sorry. My, my background is all ruined right now. Um, uh, uh, yeah. People, people get hung up on that stuff, but it's, it's like, is TikTok valuable for your market? Maybe, maybe not. So it's not like saying SEO is dead or saying this is dead or this is better than the other, or you should do this or not that. It's like, Yes, everything can work. Yes, you should do this and this and that, but you should do it with intent. And I think that's also a huge problem for the SEO industry where we sell SEO to people who don't need SEO or we sell SEO to people who um, are not informed about SEO as much as they should be or, um, yeah, it, or, or sometimes people are not as knowledgeable about SEO as they think they are. And so... You know, most SEO campaigns fail to generate any positive business impact. I'm not I'm not talking about revenue leads or whatever. I'm going to keep it as like positive business impact. Um, and I think that's also about, that's also this. Like it's uh, let's let's take a step back. Um, let's take a step back and evaluate what we need to do and then execute on it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we have a comment about SEO. Yeah, yeah, I was reading that, yeah. Call to actions, uh, CRO, other uh, such actions, yeah. I think... Well, uh, I, I cannot mm -hmm. disagree with that statement, actually. Like, it depends from company. It can be, for sure. Like, some people start with the market research and then inform their um, channel uh, choice or, or channel-specific stra channel strategies by a bigger marketing strategy. But I see a lot of companies who don't do that. Like, they do ads because ads supposedly bring more revenue right now or they do a website redesign because someone finds it ugly you know and it's very random it's not necessarily the case everywhere but i see it happening a lot mm -hmm. yeah awesome awesome okay vince uh let's talk about your experience i have students in my network who are looking for ways how to learn uh, mm -hmm. where to start, what to do. And uh, I found if my customers know something about uh, SEO, we can get much better results. So yeah. uh, if customers understand why we need to create high quality content, what kind of content to create, uh, why we need to think more about traffic value than to get a lot more traffic, many things. So uh, mm -hmm. uh, let's imagine you started today from scratch without any experience, knowledge, skills it's your first day in asia what will you do today if you started from scratch <laughs> i've yeah i would that's that's very biased because it's me but i would work at an agency 
Um, mm -hmm. And the reason is that agency life is hard. Like agencies are not necessarily a great work environment. Mine is great, but others are really bad. <laughs> Take my word for it. No, I mean, lots of agencies are really bad working environments, but you learn a lot because you'll work on different types of websites. You'll work on different types of campaigns. You'll see what works and what doesn't. You'll hear different approaches, et cetera. So I think agencies are really valuable um for that particular reason um but other than that like i i kind of learned seo so when i learned seo there was like backlinko and the whiteboard fridays i, I touched the lights again man um the whiteboard fridays is that what they're called i think they were called that at some point if i'm not mistaken all this content existed but it wasn't as developed as it is now like the whole courses content so i can't really speak for the other resources that are available. I'm sure some of some are great, some are not so great. SEO is like car mechanic. Like you can read about it all you want. If you don't open a car and start screwing and unscrewing stuff, it's not gonna result in anything. You're gonna learn a lot about the theory, but you're you're not gonna be able to learn about what actually makes a difference. So uh, my my advice would be like go go out there, build a website. This is this is what everyone says, but it's actually true. Like, just go do it, and mm. you don't have to build affiliate websites. You don't have to build it for money, but just like try stuff, see what works, what doesn't, and try to understand. I think one skill that is lacking in in a lot of SEOs is understanding business. Uh, understand how companies work, how business models work, how financials work. And that's going to help you if you ever intend to build a company. It's also going to help you talk to CEOs and founders and whatever. And, you know, provide small anecdotes. For example, I know how enterprise buying processes work. And so when I speak to a high ticket um, uh, SaaS owner or whatever, and I say, so how do you deal with procurement? I immediately go one step up because I know what procurement is. I know he has a procurement process. I know, you know, that kind of thing can help you win a lot of business as well and get a lot of buy-in from leadership. So growing your discipline is good, but growing the rest is. Um, and one thing I think um, Tom Critchlow, uh, no, that's the, I always forget, um, I always mistake their names. The guy who does the SEO MBA has great resources. I've seen that and mm -hmm. I think that is great, yeah. I, I can't remember my, his name. I'm, I'm sorry, man. Yeah. <laughs> no worries. Okay, guys. Yeah, for me, I can tell. It doesn't matter what kind of resource you can choose. You can take my course. You can take other course. You can go to Google, to YouTube. Just learn. Find mm -hmm. <laughs> the resource that you like and format that you like. For example, you can learn from audio podcasts. You can learn from YouTube videos, uh, from courses, whatever. But the most important thing is to implement to act as you yeah, mentioned good, you know, yeah. experiment because uh, for example i can read a hundred books how to play soccer but leo messi hits a ball thousand times a day then to read new books mm -hmm. how to play soccer and yeah. it's, it's the same with seo you need to practice I, I think when when i make the same point you're making i always remind people that basically what you said is just just go do it and i i like to remember to remind people how great nike's marketing is because that's their tagline just to, just do it like we take it for granted 
but it's actually really clever marketing. Like they understand that this is the message that their brand, that they want their brand to be is like, get out there and do it. And I think this is just what you said, like go and do stuff. I think that that works really well. Nice. Yeah. yeah nice. Vince, and I have my final question about the future. You know, many things are mm. coming. Today we have AI. It's a regular tool in most cases. Uh, Apple is going to launch headset, probably augmented reality will come. Uh, Facebook tried to build virtual reality. I don't know if Facebook or something, some other companies can build this tool. So we'll see. Future is interesting. But what kind of future will be in ASIO? So take your crystal ball and let us know about yeah. the <laughs> So I don't have the crystal ball, but I'll make a few assumptions and I'll work that off just like <clears throat> logic. So follow me here. Um, search like Google search engine and all search engines, like let's limit it to like Google and Bing and we'll have most of the market share. Um, I won't talk about like YouTube's SEO or whatever. Um, those tools make money by selling ads. So the incentive for... Uh, tech companies like Google is to bring as many users as possible to that search engine so that they can sell more and more and more ads and make more revenue. That's why they're pushing so much to build a great tool so that people keep using it. They very well know because it happened to Yahoo uh, back in the 2020, um, to 2000 or something um, where, you know, Google tried to license their search engine to Yahoo for a couple million dollars. Yahoo refused because they thought their, their search engine was better. And three years later, they kind of, uh, they, uh, Google bought them or whatever, or they had to license it for like 10 times or a hundred times the amount. I don't remember, but yeah. So let's, let's take that as the ground, right? Um, Google has been, has been improving the search engine in this way for the past 10, 20 years or something from like backlink, like reducing the important backlinks to um, knowledge graphs to uh, uh, root results um, and basically giving you the answer before you know you need it. So now comes AI into this picture, right? Um, and people say AI will kill SEO and I, I actually think it's the opposite. I think it will make search better. Um, so think about it this way, and this is very personal, my personal opinion. Uh, Google released SGE because Bing real estate, uh, because Bing real estate, like Bing chat or whatever it's called. So it was a reactive move. It wasn't a proactive move. They released it quickly, so they had something in the works. They had been working on it, right? So there is a reason why they didn't release it first, because they knew that whoever was to release it first would have all the power if that stuff worked. The reason they didn't release it first is because they knew it didn't work, right? Which Bing chat proved. Like they generated a little hype, put $10 billion into $10 billion more into OpenAI, and that's pretty much where we are now. If you think about it, AI in search doesn't really solve any problem. So if you have, if you think about how it's going to impact um, uh, low, what I call low commitment queries, so like the height of the Eiffel Tower or the uh, Brad Pitt's date of birth or whatever, we already had this information readily available through like Knowledge Graph and you know on on the search results page. So AI is not going to help with that. 
if you think about like how to's or whatever, the best it's going to do is like compile information from the top three or four results and give it to you on the results page. But then you're still going to have to check it, check out the three or four other results because you're not going to check, you're, you're not going to trust AI, right? And if you think about the very high commitment, like you have to learn like how to, you know, backlink toxicity, what is it and how does it matter and whatever. And that SEMrush has a 5,000 words guide on it. You're still going to have to go through that guide. You're not going to trust AI to summarize it for you. You know, it's a complex topic. You need to invest your time into it to understand it. So I don't see it solving any problems. What it could do is reduce the incentive to produce fluffy content, right? Because AI is going to be able to summarize your content very well. Then you're, you can cut the fluff out because some, some other people are going to cut the fluff out. So that could be good for SEO in this way, right? Um, when it comes to AI and content, for example, um, I think same discussion, like it's probably going to make things better because whoever was, whoever is writing with AI, and I'm talking about people taking shortcuts with AI, not using AI as a tool within their content production process, right? People who are taking shortcuts with AI right now, were probably taking shortcuts before anyway. Like they didn't start taking yeah. shortcuts with AI, right? So now what that means, I think like Ren Fishkin said it this way, and it's a good formula, like uh, content, AI content's the new floor, right? It used to be a bit lower than that because believe it or not, some writers were even worse than AI. Mm -hmm. But right now it's like AI content is there. So if you keep AI content, it's regression to the mean, right? Everyone does it, everyone does it, and then it just becomes the new floor. It's a regression to the mean. So um, that means that for this, you're going to have to produce much better, I don't like the term, we discussed it, content. Mm -hmm. And that means content that is probably more research, more researched, has more takes in it, like so fits with your narrative or your brand narrative. Uh, content that maybe uh, is a little bit more worked up so maybe has nice illustrations it has a nice it's presented in a nicer way it's presented in a good way to solve the problem you're trying to solve all that stuff's going to be more and more important in my in my opinion because that's what gonna what's going to help distinguish brands who make the efforts and and other brands so i think that is probably where the future of seo is headed in my opinion but we could see way more ai hype but Google's not trying hard enough, uh, very hard, are they? Like they kind of put SG into the wild and then they're, they're slowly waiting for us to forget about it. Yeah. Like, oh yeah, we didn't, well, well. <laughs> <laughs> so I think they, they did a reactive move just to say like, we're there, yeah, yeah, we still ran the race. But I don't see that as changing the industry. I don't know what you think, but. Um, yeah, makes sense. Uh, but my crystal ball doesn't work. I tried with yeah, crypto, you know, <laughs> I bought crypto and I got a strong feeling that crypto will go up, <laughs> it went yeah. down and I got it. I can't predict, but I I am sure about one thing. If you have experience with SEO, you can adapt to any other channel. For example, marketers on TV and radio didn't lose their jobs. They adapted to digital. And exactly, uh, yeah. Yeah, and SEO doesn't teach how to rank on Google. SEO teaches how to create high-quality content, mm -hmm. how to increase website speed, how to get backlinks that will bring traffic. So if you have this knowledge, you can beat in one side, 
whatever new environment will bring uh, to experts who have no experience with SEO. Yeah. So ju- just adapt and AI can help. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, of course, uh, I use AI, but I don't rely 100%. I use this tool exactly. uh, yeah, to find ideas, to edit my content. I'm a terrible writer. I can beat my <laughs> my writing in one side, uh, especially if I use some prompts. But yeah. I can feed AI with the right data. And this tool can help to uh, edit my bad copy to great copy. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, and it depends also. Like I know like content writing is such a subjective thing as well so for me for example content writing is kind of effortless like it doesn't take me much energy to write and i know some people like my wife she cannot write like if if she were to write a three thousand words and and she she has a background in in humanities like me if she has to write three thousand words it takes like all her energy out like so if you're someone like that ai is going to be way more valuable to you than it is to me because i can write better than ai faster basically but that's just me right it's not the same for all people so you have to take that into account as well what i think is what i think is misleading is trying to make you think that it's gonna revolutionize everything from one day to the next it isn't and it has we have proven that like you know facts have proven that it didn't revolutionize everything every company right now is adding new ai features that no one cares about to jump on the hype train or something i don't yeah. know like <laughs> ClickUp lets you create subtasks with ai now so like like i don't know what to do with my project like you know how valuable is that so um yeah yeah exactly so if you can't write you use custom prompts and then you can edit really well that's good if it's the editing process that takes a toll on you then you use ai to edit that's fine but it's a, like a tool like it's a tool so yeah hammers I, I, are great to to put nails on the wall if you have to solve something it gets yeah. really weird yeah so uh, i think ai can beat terrible writers uh low quality copywriters um like me but if you feed uh, ai with the right data you can get great results just mm-hmm. collect data feed it and because if you ask to uh, provide some job from scratch to generate content, oh, you can't get great results. Yeah. If I set up the prompt, uh, write an article how to play guitar. For me, it's better to read uh, all this information on Google than yeah. <laughs> to uh, get this uh, info from ChatGPT. So, but yeah. if you uh, give the right data, you can get great results. Vince, it's a big pleasure to get in my show, to learn from you. I love this experience. Tell the best way how to keep learning from you, how to reach out to you, how to follow you. Yeah, so you can follow me on LinkedIn. I'm pretty active on LinkedIn. I tend to be uh, quite controversial as well. So if you like uh, rants and you have lots of popcorn lying around, then you can come into uh, my uh, my posts. Um, <laughs> and then you can check out our website, scalecrush.io. It's being reworked. So whatever is there at this point in time which is 25 of august is probably uh going to be outdated in a couple of weeks and i'm going to be at brighton seo um i'm not going to be speaking but i'm going to be there so if you want to meet there um yeah just reach out uh, hit nice, me up on LinkedIn. nice nice guys you can find the links in the description below listen us on apple google spotify uh thanks again for your time love it so valuable uh i recommend to anyone thanks. to follow vince on uh on linkedin i follow 
because I, I need more value. So I recommend to anyone to get this value as well. Okay, guys, love you. See you. Thanks for listening to this entire podcast. Please rank your experience in Apple, Spotify, Google, or any other platforms that you may use. Also, please share your ranking mark on chat at seotools.tv to get a special gift. We'll see you soon on other valuable audio podcasts.